0: This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Muanina people and the sovereignty of these lands has never been ceded. We pay our respects to elders past and present. Hello and welcome to Two Tassie Teachers Talking. My name's Adam James and with me today is James McLeod. James, how are you?
1: Oh, I'm really well, Adam, and how are you? I'm really well, although we
0: have not been together in a podcast since for some time, I would admit.
1: It's been about Ha- over half a year, it I think. It has, has been over half a year. Where have we been? What have we been doing? Well, we've been busy, I we, suppose. Oh, yeah, we have yeah. been busy. Yeah. yeah. It's been a re- it's, it has been a busy time back at school without COVID restrictions and so on. We started this podcast during the COVID time. We did. Continued, continued on afterwards, but... Um, yeah, it just uh, has taken a little while to sit back down and of course we're in a brand new studio. We are beautiful at the studio Hutchins
0: school. Thank yeah. you Hutchins. A nice a uh, nice venue, I think. I'd like to say that we've been inundated with a letter, but we haven't even received one. We haven't Rever- received no. one? No, not even
1: Oh, okay. So I suppose we don't have many to reply
0: to. Not too many, no. No. So we we keep the workload nice and light. Uh, Who are
1: we here with today, James? Oh, look, today it's a stellar day for all of us. Uh, We've got Chris Ray in the studio with us. Uh, Chris Ray, long-time teacher at the Hutchins School, also held a number of senior positions, and uh, he's, uh, I think, truly... More than a legend, he's an icon of the Hutchins School. And uh, I just want to say welcome, Chris.
2: Thank you, James. Uh, Very kind words on your part too, I might add.
1: Now, Chris, what we might do is just start quickly. Could you just tell us, is it the school or is it you that had the 175 years here? It's, it's a, the school's got 175 years this year. How many of those years have you been at the school?
2: Well, actually, uh, it's a very good question. And a couple of years ago, one of the boys I was teaching looked at me and screwed his face up in concern about my ragged old appearance (laughs) facially and asked the question innocently, Mr. Ray, how long have you been at the school? (laughs) I looked at him and I said, James, when did the school start? To which he quickly replied, 1846. And I said, well, I started just a couple of years after that and thoroughly enjoyed the shock look on his face (laughs) following. Oh,
0: that's excellent. I have to say, Chris, walking in with you, uh, we we met you at the office and you are, if not a national uh, celebrity, then definitely a local celebrity. As we walk through, I think just about everyone had uh, a kind word to share with you. Uh, It must have taken us 15 minutes to get down here. (laughs)
2: It's very kind, Adam. Um, I've always, throughout my entire senior life, tried to treat people with huge respect because your best life, your richest life, is when you work well with other people and you respect their contribution and respect them as people. So it's easy. My goodness,
0: we've we've hit the good stuff already here, James. This is where I don't know how many minutes we're in, but someone take a timestamp uh, and write down what Chris just said
1: because my goodness, it's yeah. it's good stuff. And I've got to say, um, just as a, I've been uh, working at the Hutchins School for many years, but not nearly as many as uh, Chris has spent working here. But uh, what Chris said there goes across boys, all the boys he deals with, the staff that he deals with, the parents. He has so much, there's so much admiration for Chris, but I think it's a lot of how he treats other people and, uh, uh, you know, the time and patience and care that he shows for all the people in that community and his connections with broader issues and how broader issues and the plights of people from outside the school just have led to this incredible respect that you, you just saw or we just witnessed there where we couldn't get him through the staff room to, <laughs> get, down, to get started on time. But it's the same wherever you go and um, it's the same at Old Boys Functions, it's the same, you know, interstate Old Boys Functions, it's the same with seeing him in the, walking with Chris in the streets and I just think, uh, yeah, it, what, what a role model he's been for me. But I also know for so many other people at the school. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got some questions
0: for you, Chris, if we might uh, might jump into those. Certainly. So I think I think the idea is to sort of start somewhere back towards the beginning and, and ask you how being a student back in the 60s compared to what you're seeing students going through today.
2: I... Uh Uh, along with my elder brother, uh, started out at Taruna High School in the secondary years. That was because uh, growing up in the Channel, Taruna High School was the feeder school where you went to. And then at the end of Year 8, Dad and Mum decided to move us to Hutchins. And uh, it was a school we knew nothing about other than its name. And uh, I came in in Year 9 and um, then completed my four years of secondary school at the school. Initially on the Macquarie Street site in the city uh, and then uh, during my time it moved to the Sandy Bay campus, uh, much more space and, uh, yeah much more attractive setting. Over that time, it took a while to settle in, and I've always been conscious of that as a teacher here when boys come in in grade 6 or grade 7, the transition is very easy because so many come in at that time. When you come in in year 9, 10 or 11, you're coming into a year group that's already established, it's already got its friendships and you do feel initially a bit isolated until you break through. We were lucky. Uh, We both liked team sport and that opens doors, as James would agree. Uh, It does it without you having to manufacture things. And I look back on my time here uh, very positively. Initially, I thought, why did Dad and Mum send me here because back in the 60s, not being disrespectful, but a few of the teachers that Hutchins had mm, weren't as good as my teachers down at Taruna High School. In fact, I would say some of them were too old, Uh, but I guess that was probably a consistent thing across all schools, public as well. Here locally, looking back, they did rely on a lot of migrants coming out, particularly British school teachers, and some of them were very good. Some uh, shouldn't have been teachers. Over that time, I had three standout teachers that I fondly recall. John Kerr, who was the deputy headmaster. He taught uh, English was his main subject, but he also taught ancient history and I did ancient history with him. He also coached the first 18 and that led me to get to know him uh, warts and all, real person, and uh, he had a substantial influence on me. Stuart Cripps, who was modern history teacher, uh, just really enjoyed all his lessons. He was just so knowledgeable mm. And if you did the right thing by him, he was just very natural towards you. Uh, he treated you as adult and uh, I really appreciated that. And he would always help you uh, in your schoolwork if you ever needed it. The other one was Crom Wood. Crom had a long career at Hutchins. He was mostly a science teacher. He also assisted with um, Open Footy and uh, when I came back here as a teacher he was just a tremendous mentor to me just quietly in the background and he gave a lot of assistance to the 1st and 2nd 18 team and uh, very much appreciated. To me they are all great Role models, different, but in their way, great role models.
0: Do you think that, Chris, was uh, the honesty of their interaction? You've sort of... Absolutely. Yeah. yeah
2: you've got the word exactly. Uh, I, I would say that of them. You knew exactly where you stood and if you did the right thing, they were consistent and I copied that myself later on and it comes from them.
0: Yeah, Well. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. So, so Hutchins itself, has that changed a lot?
2: Yeah, it has. Uh, when I was there... Population was a bit over six hundred. Is it now a bit over eleven hundred? Is it
0: just a touch under? I just think a t- just t- touch yeah. under. Yeah. 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 Well, high high ten fifties yeah.
2: more. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's healthy numbers. Yeah. Um, that's very good. Then it was rare to have a female teacher. Yeah. Right. Thank yes. goodness that's changed, and I think uh, the school culture has benefited enormously from that without anyone really realising it. I really have enjoyed working with both males and females as staff colleagues. I think it's also helped in diluting what I call the jock culture, which I never liked as a kid because it involved bullying and arrogance. And I think over time, that's been significantly diluted. And uh, in my time, John Bednell's headship started it, I was running the boarding house and he and David Brammel were tremendous support because a lot had to change there. And um, I think Bill Toppin did a lot for the school, given that when he finished we had, um, in performing arts, dance troops, and uh, you couldn't have had dance troops in the 60s or 70s.
0: Oh, mate, my school in the 90s, I don't think we would have managed a dance troop.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah. I, th- I do think that um, being here since '83, Chris, I was shocked when I got here and thought this wasn't the place for me. Yep. And for for those reasons, um, that that jock culture, uh, but but and more so the type of. The model, the role model of teacher and the role model of student—you yep. had to be this certain way to be successful and to be correct. And I think it's changed enormously since then. And I think the school, the, in, since eighty-three, the school's got just a little bit better every day. Yep. And um, it comes from two things, I suppose. Uh, you mention the leaders, and they're vital. They take a school in a direction, but they need to be able to take people along, and they need to have good people. Adam, the way, you know, and th- this would be the thing that Chris was quite a visionary in that regard. Mm. Um, so he, and he's so consistent and honest, as we, we said before, and so you'd always, we, I always knew that I'd have someone who would think about that, the broader impacts of, just as you said, um, how, how a, pers- a person feels in a new situation. Yeah. Um, you know, he's the only person in the room who's new to that situation, be it a, a new boy into the school yeah. or a teacher and so on. And Chris always empathises with the person, always empathised with the person who perhaps had the least power in the room. And, uh, you know, that's, I think that's been a, why the school perhaps has moved a long way in the commu- in the Hobart community, yeah. uh, in that regard. A yeah. long way to go. Yeah. But but society's got a long way to go. We're learning yeah. that from all the discussions we're having about things in the last year or so to do with, uh, you know, uh, women in the workplace and, and so on. So, yeah, they're, yeah. they're excellent points, Chris. Ah,
2: yeah. Thank you. Just a few other things that have changed. Um, uh, the number of overseas students yeah. was yeah. so much less, oh, yeah. uh, obviously, I mean, The economics of the 60s and the 70s was less than what it is now. I know COVID has really stopped um, boys' coming here. It's made it really hard, I think. It's made it very hard. But ultimately, once we get through this, hopefully it'll just resume again, Mm. where the numbers were consistently becoming very healthy, where overseas boys were concerned. The uniform changed, thank goodness, Back oh. in my day, it was a grey suit. Oh, Boring. Wow. <laughs> and when the blazer came to replace it, oh, we should have had a holiday. Oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> I think uh, that, that's an interesting thing to say. I suspect some of the boys would feel that the, the uniform's a little bit of a throwback as it is now. Mm. And I see you, James. What uh, what colour suit have you got on? There? Oh, sorry <laughs> to bring that up. Is this somewhat grey? Somewhat <laughs> grey. It's <laughs> a slightly a bit grey.
1: Yeah, yeah <laughs> good.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, The other thing uh, that was very significant, Adam, was the percentage of borders to the entire student population Uh was much, much greater.
0: Yeah, right.
2: If I can give you a a rough idea, in my time as a student and just into the 70s, uh, there were in excess of 100 borders. Oh, wow. The vast majority came from properties. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, it was very much a traditional thing and it's just what you did. In my time running the boarding house, we're talking now of mid-80s through to the late 90s, um, the average was a consistent 75 to 80. Oh, wow. And we had about 10 boys who were overseas. Yep. And the majority were from Farms, mm-hmm. with a few boys who came from uh, professional parents, Northwest Coast, and occasional Launceston and Victoria. If Dad had gone to Hutchins,
1: yeah, right. Yes,
2: and today I think the numbers are right down to the low forties.
0: Yeah, my yeah. understanding, somewhere around there.
2: Hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I had heard that um, whilst there aren't as many country boys local country boy's coming. Uh, Some families have purchased property here in Hobart and uh, they prefer to have the money invested in a property. And I think mum comes down through the week and the boy becomes a day boy and then they head back to the farm at the weekend. I don't know how widespread it is, but I understood why that was a reason one former border parent had had explained to me. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it is.
0: So, Chris, what you finished high school? What what's the process, and and what's the drive to become a teacher?
2: Yeah, that's a very good question. I left school. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I went to university, and for two years, I still didn't have any idea what I wanted to do. And I was playing football at Sandy Bay Football Club, which doesn't exist anymore. And uh, the coach had come from Victoria. He was a former. Vice-captain at Hawthorne, his name was Rod Olsen, and he called pre-season uh, all the players who were studying at university aside after training one night and he said, look, Toruna High School is in our feeder zone. They need people to coach their underage sides. Uh, This was at a time when secondary schools actually had a secondary school AFL football competition. And uh, another player and I decided, oh, that might be a bit of fun.
0: Doesn't sound so bad.
2: And we ended up going down and coaching Taruna High School under 13s. And over the period of the season doing it, I grew to enjoy being able to train with and help young boys. And I enjoyed the the way they related and their enthusiasm. And that's when I first thought, oh, might be a teaching uh, career here, Chris. And that's actually what became of it. Uh, Although I did four years at university and halfway through the fourth year, the supervisor who had come from Perth, Western Australia. He was a lecturer in politics. He said to me, Chris, what are you going to do next year? And I said, I don't know. And he said, well, what are you interested in? I said, oh, I think teaching. And he said, well, I've got a very good friend who runs an independent school in Perth named Hale School. Would you mind if I contacted him and asked him, are there going to be any vacancies for a young teacher? No, expecting nothing to come of it. Mm -hmm. And a job was offered sight unseen. Oh, wow. And uh, it's very interesting. I didn't even have any teacher training whatsoever, which oh, wow. wouldn't yeah. be acceptable. I was acceptable just thinking something. something was, there's, there's a gap there, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, how was the year? I went to a new state. I knew no one. And, uh, oh, gee, I learned a lot about life in that one year. I bet yeah. you did. Standing yeah. on your own. Yeah. And I learned a lot within the school, uh, a couple of the cluey boys, took advantage of my inexperience. Yep. And um, do I look back with regret? No. I'm glad I did it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I learnt so much, uh, but I didn't want to stay there. Why? I found the summers too hot. Yeah. And um, so I came back home, not to a job, and through the Sandy Bay football coach, where I went back to, he said, what are you going to do? And I said, oh, I had a job over, but I, I haven't got any job at the moment. He said, oh, I know Dudley Clark, who was the headmaster. Would you like me to have a word to him. Oh, I don't care what you do. <laughs> <laughs> and the next minute I get a phone call for an appointment and started at Hutchins in 1972 in the middle school under wow. John Millington and George McKay.
1: Wow. There we go. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. 1972. Yeah. So... We might get the answer to that question. How long at school, Chris? If I could do the maths and if I could remember when you actually left. When was your last teaching year? Two
2: thousand and
1: fifteen. Okay. Well, I still can't
0: do the maths, no, but it don't seems two, like turn two, two maths on radio. Many, That's, yeah, lots.
1: Forty-four. <laughs> uh, it, it, I think it's forty-three. Forty-three. Yeah, or yeah. forty-four. It's not
0: bad. I'm still drawing a blank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, You've retired now, so I suppose it's a low-stakes question. Did you end up with a teaching qualification or was it just experience?
2: Uh, I – no, I I did end up with a teaching qualification, but it didn't come straight away. I didn't have the time. And when I was in the boarding house, John Bednell, in conversation with me, said, look, it would be a good idea if you got a a teacher qualification. So I did a Bachelor of Education part-time. And to be quite honest, I found it – a walk in the park mm. and did I learn much from it? Not really. Mm. Um, I
1: mean, you were, you were learning to be a thing you already were, so. Exactly. So you would have been teaching for about 20 years then, Chris, if starting in 72 and Bednar was late 80s, wasn't he, yeah. or 90s? Yeah, 80s,
2: 87. He started. Ah, right.
1: Yep. Okay. So that's a lot. And I would
2: have done it close to immediately then.
1: Yeah. And that's a lot of experience. Yeah, A lot of teaching experience. Yeah, for sure. You
0: probably could have taken the teaching qualification, I would (laughs) imagine.
2: (laughs) Well, it's very interesting. The most valuable thing that came out of it, John Bednell said to me when I was doing it, you realise you're going to have to do a thesis at the end of it. And I said, yes. And he said, well, I've got a suggestion that would help the school. Oh, please tell me. (laughs) I want it to be practical. And he said, there's no such thing as a boarding house manual. Yep. And so I wrote from scratch a a boarding house manual, uh, which was for staff, parents, and for the boys to refer to. Yeah, right. And um, I was really pleased to do it and because it, be it had yeah. real-world value. Absolutely. So, yeah, that, that was probably the best thing that came out of the, the B.Ed.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, wow. mm mm-hmm. The man literally wrote the book on boarding. He wrote the book on
1: boarding, indeed.
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening to Two Tassie Teachers Talking. Our interview with Chris Ray continues, and we hope that you can join us to hear more in the next part. Listeners, if you'd like to get involved, have any questions, or there's something you'd like us to talk about, you can email us using podcast at hutchins.taz.edu.au. That's it for today. Thanks for joining us, and we look forward to talking to you again next time.